What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Com Chatter. Today, we're in the briefing room again, and we're joined by the composer of not only Star Wars Squadrons, but also Fallen Order, Jedi Temple Challenge, and both of the most recent Battlefront games, the music for which was just released. It's Gordy Hobb. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. This is uh, normally a squadrons uh, podcast of sorts, uh, but like I said today, we're just we're just hanging out in the briefing room. But I'm so excited to have Star Wars. So, just for some icebreaker questions, what was your own introduction to Star Wars? Yeah, so for me, the the my introduction to Star Wars was pretty pretty early on. <laughs> uh, so so I was born in '76. The film came out a year later i actually saw the film with my parents as a one-year-old baby in the theater when it came out no and i don't remember that of right course. Away? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i i didn't really i mean it was when empire strikes back came out that i actually really started to watch the films and, and understand them at least and uh and i fell in love instantly um you know i mean i, I can even remember watching uh a new hope on you know when i was a kid we we had to wait you know until the the HBO uh, book would come in the mail and you'd scan through it and you'd see what day Star Wars might be playing. So we, we would right. actually like, you know, we'd look through that and we'd figure out when it's going to play and it would be a big event. And, uh, and I can just recall the first moment seeing Darth Vader come on screen. And, uh, and there was this musical moment when he burst through the door of this big gong hit. And uh, I didn't know what that was at the time. I just knew it was really cool, whatever it was. And uh, it, and that piqued my interest in music. It piqued my interest in Star Wars. And it became not only my favorite film franchise, but sort of my foray into actually being interested in music for film. So Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars story? It doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a video game or or it could be a movie, whatever. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's probably somewhat of a cliche answer, but Empire Strikes Back uh -huh. by far uh, my favorite story, and and it's probably a bit because of nostalgia as well for me. But you know, certainly I just love the arc of that story, and uh, you know, it, it it really hit home for me as a kid. So, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, uh, who is your favorite like C or D list character? So not <laughs> Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, like. Yeah, everyone loves those characters. So, who's someone you think you actually might be uh, the world's biggest fan of? <laughs> well, you know, for me, I think it was probably the Gonk Droid, because uh, even as a kid, I just remember thinking that's straight up a trash can, but <laughs> it's really cool. It's like a trash can with legs. Why is that so cool? Uh, so, I can even remember, you know, trying to, you know, make my own Gonk Droid costumes as a kid using, like, you know waist bins and <laughs> cutting <laughs> holes in it and trying to walk around like a trash can. Um, it has very little, you know, uh, it adds very little to the actual storyline of Star Wars. Uh, other yeah, than, everyone, yeah, people see the gonk droid and they just love it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it does add something in a way because it adds, it, it, it shows you that this is a universe where, you know, th things are a bit improvised and, you know, not everything is super slick and clean and high tech. I mean, you know, this is a trash can with legs, you know. So, I mean, that that kind of really does characterize the world of Star Wars, in, in my opinion. You know, it's, it's a little gritty at times, a little homespun, you know, and I love that aspect of it. So I, I'm not going to put you on the spot too much, but if you were to write a theme for the gonk droid, what instrument might you start with? <laughs> Probably the contrabassoon. 
You know, I've actually thought about that before. The contrabassoon has this sort of gritty, kind of like raspy tone to it, as you know, in, in the same kind of way that I think the gonk droid has a sort of a gritty, raspy, you know, appeal, you know, sort of aesthetic to it. So I would go with the contrabassoon. Well, hopefully, when they finally do gonk a Star Wars story, uh, you can <laughs> you can send your theme in, like <laughs> yeah, get that job yeah. right away. I, I'm your guy for that, hands down. So. <laughs> Uh, growing up, when did you know that you wanted to write music? Actually, it was pretty early. Uh, I was probably six or seven years old. And, uh, you know, like I say, I mean, seeing Empire Strikes Back, that was a really big, uh, you know, influence on my, you know, starting budding love of music and films. Uh, but E.T. was the film that really did it. Uh, and, and, you know, I saw it in the theaters with uh, with, with my parents and, after the film was over, we went back home and we were talking about the movie as we you know, tend to do. It was a big event to go to a movie at that, that age and certainly in that era. And uh, we're having a conversation about it. And my mom was asking, well, what did you think of uh, Elliot? You know, and I, I didn't know who Elliot was, but I could sing every single note in that score. So there was something about the music that grabbed me even above and beyond, uh, you know, character names and, you know, even, you know, small story plots and that kind of thing. Um, you know, I couldn't name all the characters in the movie, but I could sing, I could sing all the main themes. And so I think it was that point that, you know, my family started nurturing, you know, a sort of a love for music and, 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 Probably from that point forward, I kind of knew I wanted to be involved in that in some way. You know, as a kid, it was a it was more of a childhood dream. But you know, the as I got into high school and going into college, I started to realize that it actually was a career path that I wanted to take. So, probably cool. six or seven years old. You've written a lot of video game music, but you've also composed for feature films and documentaries and shorts. What's the biggest challenge as a composer when you're writing for a more fluid storytelling experience like a video game when compared to a story with like a very set runtime? Yeah, I mean, it really is just that. I mean, the the timeline is finite and set in a film. So when you're writing a piece of music you, to get to point from point A to point B, you know, you have exactly this much time and it has to shift tone at this point and it has to become more emotional or heavy at this point. With a game, it's it's sort of fluid, like you say. It's almost like these uh, these you know choose your own adventure story books you know that I had when I was a kid. You know where you you read to the end of chapter one, and if you want to walk down path one, you turn to page whatever. If you want to walk down path two, you turn to this page. It's sort of like doing a musical version of that. So you know I have to compose a piece of music that fits the the atmosphere of a particular scene and can also somewhat seamlessly loop on itself. So in case a player stays there a little longer, you know, it could actually repeat itself and not call attention to the fact that it's repeating. And then, you know, based on what happens in the game, you know, a player crosses this certain threshold, the certain trigger can call up another piece of music. And there has to be a piece of music that helps you transition from that one to the next one. And, you know, if it's say you're in a match in battlefront, for example, you know, and you're, you're, you're playing and then you're getting to the end of the round, you know, and are you winning? Are you losing? Are you playing as an Imperial character? Are you playing as a rebel character? All of these things factor into what calls the music system will call up. So I've written a piece of music that will end the action music with either a transition to a, a rebel winning fanfare, a rebel losing cue, uh, a imperial winning fanfare, and imperial losing cue. So it's you know there's all these possibilities, and they all have to work musically. Uh, so writing these little transitional elements, this kind of thing. So it's almost like writing a you know 
crossword puzzle in, in reverse. <laughs> I have to sort of imagine all the possibilities and then find ways to make it work like a puzzle. Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely a, a sort of a technical challenge, uh, I would say, versus film, you know, which that's, is certainly more linear. Yeah, that's really interesting. It never really dawned on me that, you know, yeah, people playing in the exact same game as me are probably hearing different music. Completely different music <laughs> based on the character they're playing, based on the faction they're playing for. I mean, all of these things really, you know, factor in. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. That is very interesting. Would you say there are any advantages to writing music for a game over another medium? Um, advantages. I mean, I, I mean, I find it very rewarding. I would say that's an advantage. You know, I mean, I find writing for film rewarding as well. But but there's something about writing for a game and and knowing that somebody's going to create their own experience and your music will you know find a way to seamlessly match that experience. That's that's just really you know cool to think about. I mean, even myself, at, you know, playing the games that I've worked on. You know, it's like each time I play, the score is completely different, mm. but always seems to work, you know, uh, both emotionally and, you know, driving the action and, you know, seamlessly transitioning from one piece of music to the next. I find that just fascinating that that's, that's a possibility. Have so that's ever, just very rewarding in that sense. Have you ever been playing a game you wrote the music for and then like Battlefront or something? And then have you ever surprised yourself with like a cool transition? Be like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually have. There's, there's there's definitely been times where I've been playing and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even think that would work. But it totally does. <laughs> uh, I've also had moments where, for example, when I was working on Battlefront 2, uh, my wife, plays Battlefront 1. She was really enjoying it at the time. And I'd be in my studio and I could hear her in the next room playing Battlefront 1. <laughs> and I found it completely distracting that I could hear my own music playing in the next room while I'm trying to think of new music. You know, so <laughs> it's kind of a you know interesting little side bit. But like, you know, for me, getting to hear it actually come to life in the game is is the, you know, that's sort of the reward of it all. You know, because you're you're kind of working in a in in complete hypotheticals for a while. Mm. I mean, you get to test it out and everything, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, like every player is going to play differently. So, you know, getting to hear it come together, you know, the way she might play versus the way I might play completely changes the outcome of the score. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So when it comes to the battlefront games, uh, we had the first game and that was like strictly a multiplayer experience. Then the second had a story campaign, and that follows Iden Versio. So, mm -hmm. how do you approach writing music for a setting or like an event, like in a battle, when compared to writing for a character with an arc and a story? Right. Yeah. So, Battlefront One, because it was single, uh, not single player, but that multiplayer, and it was, it's you know, for the most part, you're you're just in a battle pretty much constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's that meant that there was a bit less of the sort of uh, you know, story, emotion-driven type of music. So it was it was probably 80%, you know, fast-paced, high-energy action music. That's a challenge in and of itself because typically that type of music is harder to write. I mean, there's, there's more notes, <laughs> you know, there's a lot more going on to sort of imagine um, versus something like Battlefront 2 with the, with the storyline for Iden Versio. I really got to sort of score it like it was a film. You know, I wrote a main theme for Iden. And uh, you know, that theme has had the ability to start. And I'm assuming we don't need to worry too much about spoilers at this point. I don't think so. It's been like four or five years. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, you know, Aiden starts out as this Imperial character. So I wrote a theme. I had to write a theme that would accompany an Imperial character, but also have the ability to, over the course of the game, transition and morph and become this, this more uplifting rebel 
character's theme. So it was it was sort of this finding this tricky balance of uh, you know can it work imperial can it work rebel can I manipulate the the theme so that it can work in both settings, and uh, you know that that challenge was was really fun to work with and just in general writing you know something for us that has a storyline that has you know mo- uh, multiple emotional beats and you know story arcs that the music needs to accompany that's just a lot of fun so they were very different you know battlefront one and two from a compositional standpoint but both sort of had their you know aspects that i really enjoyed working on yeah is it challenging to go between yeah you have your high octane battle music and then you have uh, character-centric music for the gameplay, and then you also have to write for like uh, cutscenes. So you're right. kind of bouncing between three different types. Yeah, of music. what's that like? It is. It's tricky. Uh, it can be tricky, but also at the same time, it's it it can help a lot as well because you know when I'm getting bogged down in in writing some big action sequence sort of set piece music that you know is is fast paced it has a lot of counterpoint and you know different types of you know writing techniques that are challenging to do like you know from a composing technical standpoint um having something like a cinematic that has a little more emotion to it like a cutscene um can sort of you know when i'm getting sort of bogged down with one or or, or sort of hit, hitting a brick wall with one piece of music i could switch to writing something else and and so it kind of helped me always have another option if i was finding you know a lack of ideas in, in one particular style i could stop that and work on something that was more emotional and then if i I'd hit a brick wall there then i can go back to the action music and vice versa so i mean it's challenging switching back and forth, but it also had sort of a, a benefit of, you know, breaking up the monotony of, of working in one particular style for too long uh, and kind of kept the creativity flowing in that way. Cool. Yeah. Um, the second Battlefront also opened up to like all the eras of the Star Wars gaming universe instead of just the Galactic Civil War, which right. the first Battlefront was. So is there anything you have to take into consideration when you're approaching each distinct part of the timeline? Yeah, actually, um, you know, I take into consideration the music that's been established for that timeline, uh, of course, uh, you know, for Battlefront 1, um, because it had not opened up to prequel era uh, material yet. Um, musically, stylistically, I tried to expand upon the musical language that had already been sort of set for that time period in, in the Star Wars you know, gaming universe. And with Battlefront 2 because it was sort of everything was opened up it, it gave me the opportunity to sort of explore some of the the music that had been written for the prequels uh for the the new film franchise as well um and and it and in in so doing I, I discovered that there was quite a lot of variety in the writing of music for for the films and so I took it upon myself to you know really branch out and create a lot of variety in the music for the games as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know I have hints to the the stylistic you know sort of idioms of of each of the eras, but also it gave me the ability to sort of just do my own aesthetic take on the Star Wars gaming universe. Cool. Uh, you've written music for existing and new characters or places. So let's say you're presented with writing new music for a familiar planet like Endor or music for a new planet like Pilio, which of those two are you more excited to jump into? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's probably easiest to say I'm more excited about writing for the planet that has not existed in the, in the universe yet. Uh, You know, like Pilio was exciting because like Endor, for example, 
you know, I, I tried to create brand new music, brand new themes, but I always had some little element that just would recall, you know, sort of the, the, the musical aesthetic that had been set for indoor the sound we know so having like maybe some you know wooden instruments and a little ethnic you know quirky vibe that kind of thing you know just to call back remind you that you're on indoor but with, with something like paleo that that had not been established yet so and paleo is this planet that had these you know these sort of large gaping holes in the ground almost like swiss cheese you know and and these strong winds and the strong winds would blow over these these holes in the ground and create this like sort of almost like a pan flute you know wind effect you know like you were blowing over a bottle or something like that so i actually played off of that a bit with what i wrote for pilio and actually uh had the entire percussion section in the orchestra taking these things that I had when I was a kid that we called whirly tubes. It's like a long plastic tube with a little funnel on the end and you swing it around and it goes, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but when you get 16 people doing it in Abbey road, it's, it's quite a cool <laughs> effect. So I recorded that and I manipulated that. And that was sort of like the basis of the music for paleo. So it was kind of an interesting challenge to kind of create a, a completely brand new soundscape for a planet. Sure. I've read a lot of behind the scenes books for Star Wars and there's always a lot of talk about the way Star Wars looks. It's got to like look and feel like Star Wars, but right. how would you define the way Star Wars sounds? It's unique. I mean, it's both from a, a sound design and a music perspective. So from a music perspective, it, it's, it's the idea of this operatic symphony orchestra with a light motif approach, meaning having a theme for every character, even if it's a short little, you know, four or five note little motif, you know, that characterizes a, you know, a particular character in the, in the film or game or whatever you have. Uh, that's sort of a, that's sort of the, you know, the, the foundation of the music in Star Wars and Star Wars gaming universe is, is this idea of, character themes that are interrelated and can intertwine with each other in a symphonic setting. You know, from a sound design perspective, it's one of the most creative soundscapes created for really any franchise, in my opinion. I mean, you know, what Ben Burt did in, in the films is just mind blowing. I mean, like creating the sounds of droids that didn't exist before. And, and for me, the sound of Star Wars sound effects is always sort of this combination of uh, existing organic sounds that we're familiar with combined with other things to create something brand new. Like the idea of like, uh, you know, you might take an alien or something like that and use the sound of an elephant roar combined with something else and then pitch shift it down and add a jet engine in, you know, and that's like, uh, that's the sound, but there's always some little thing in there that we've heard before. That's just familiar enough to make it feel real and organic and you know a bit human if you will but also this otherworldliness of, of the combination of sounds that kind of creates this this new thing that we've never heard before so and that's sort of like a common trend in, in the sound of star wars that i think you know it really opened up the door for a lot of you know sound design like that and and films to follow sure you know so let's say you're writing music for the empire and squadrons or battlefront how do you musically make it imperial while still putting your own stamp on it? And how hard is it to find that balance between something brand new and familiar? Yeah. I mean, what's familiar is, you know, sort of the sound that was established for, you know, the films, for example, 
is is also a sound that had been established in you know orchestral music at the turn of the century, at the turn of the last century, if you will, you know, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. This romantic era of you know composing like big, over the top symphonic music that had you know this light motif approach. So, um, you know, I always go back to basics when I'm thinking about new music for a Star Wars game. You know, it's like what made that work in the films? What made that work in that era of, of classical symphonic music? And it's always theme, you know, it's some type of hook, singable melody that you can grab onto. And then everything else around it is sort of, you know, you, you can kind of paint around this, this one cell of an idea, really anything you want. But as long as that one thing is really solid and you can grab onto it, then it works. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's, it's always finding what it is, what makes Imperial Imperial is, you know, sort of this dark, heavy, you know, sound, like almost a march kind of quality to it. And then this, this theme that like a low unison theme, you know, for example, like in the trombones or in, in low brass or low winds or whatever have you, um, that really sort of characterizes that dark Imperial kind of sound, but combined with this march element. So, and that's something that's been established, you know, even, you know, through opera in the 1800s, it was kind of a, a common trend. And uh, so I, I focus on that. I go back to basics on that. And then from that, as long as that's sort of my foundation, then I can build whatever I want on top of it and make it something completely new. But I know it will work if those yeah. fundamentals are there. So I we've been talking about the Star Wars gaming universe a lot, obviously, but I do want to jump back to, I believe, the first time you worked in Star Wars, and it was for a fan film in 2007 that I actually really loved and remember like being excited for its release. It was Ryan versus Dorkman 2. Yeah. It's a lightsaber choreography project. And so I was looking back through your credits and I was like, oh my God, Gordy wrote for Ryan versus Dorkman 2. <laughs> That's great. Do you have any stories or memories that stick out to you uh, working on that project? Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. That was that was my first opportunity to write any type of music for a Star Wars, you know, uh, sort of product, of, uh, if you will. And, and that that particular film was so much fun. So I had worked with uh, Michael Scott, who is is Dorkman, <laughs> uh, on a different film that was is like a, a short horror film that he had made called The Monkey's Paw, and so we worked together on that, and we got to know each other. And he told me about this Brian versus Dorkman thing that he had done uh, the previous year, and he showed it to me as a Star Wars fan. I was completely geeked out. I couldn't believe how great the choreography was. And he's like, "Well, I'm actually making a second one, and if you're interested, I'd love to have you score it." And, uh, and, and I made this sort of deal with him. I actually teamed up with another composer, a uh, friend of mine, Kyle Newmaster, and we came up with this plan together. We'll score this five-minute short film, and we'll do it for no money if, you're, if you can raise enough money to hire a full orchestra to record it. Mm. Because if, if you're going to do Star Wars, you got to do it right. And we convinced them to do that, and they put out a thing on YouTube for the fans of Ryan versus Dorkman 1. And miraculously, within like a week we raised enough money to record an orchestra. So it's sort of like a Kickstarter. That. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So that's like <laughs> Kickstarter before Kickstarter even existed. Um, you know, we raised enough money to, to record an orchestra. So working on that actually is what led to all my work with in, in the star Wars gaming world. I can anchor everything back to that particular project because someone at Lucasfilm 
uh, LucasArts at the time had seen it. They were looking for a composer for an Indiana Jones video game, but they saw that and they thought, oh, wow, he really kind of gets that style. Let's give this guy a call. And that was how I actually got my first job scoring a video game, which led to me scoring Star Wars The Old Republic and so on and so on and so on. And that's kind of how I got where I am now. So everything can kind of anchor back to that five minute, you know, <laughs> Star Wars fan film of two dudes in their street clothes fighting with lightsabers. So That's awesome. That's yeah, an awesome story. It's pretty great. I I remember watching those were like some of my first internet videos, the first Ryan versus Dorkman and stuff when yeah it, video wasn't everywhere online. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I've got one last question, but I do think this is the part of the show where uh, you're just not allowed to answer. But I've got to ask: uh, Are you got <laughs> any more Star Wars projects at the moment? I am not allowed to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll just say I have some cool stuff in the in the works, you know, lots of irons in the fire, some great things coming up that I'm working on. So looking forward to announcing those when the time comes, uh, but quite a few things. So can't wait to hear it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for your time and taking to, to talk about Star Wars and music today. So where can everyone find you online and where can they find the soundtracks to Battlefront, Battlefront 2 and every Thing else you've done in the Star Wars game? Yeah, universe. absolutely. So, uh, so Star Wars Battlefront One and Two soundtracks are both available on all the major streaming platforms: uh, Spotify, Apple, etc. Uh, same with Star Wars Squadrons and uh, Jedi Fallen Order as well. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just look for my name. It's at at Gordy Hab. It's G O R D Y H A A B. And you can follow me there to learn more about what I'm doing these days and what's coming up. Great. I'll put links to all that down in the description. Uh, Thank you again, Gordy. And uh, thank you everyone for watching and may the force be with you. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it.